0: Growth is always happening outside of your comfort zone. And that's, you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: That was Noam Tamir. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative Hi, and thanks for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I'm excited to connect you with today's guest, Noam Tamir, founder of TS Fitness and one of New York City's top personal trainers. This conversation couldn't have happened at a better time. It's September, time to shift gears and move into fall. Also, a great time to step up your fitness and training. Noam and I talk about where his fitness and training career began how he has grown and expanded his business from one-on-one training to group fitness sessions and nutrition. I also get some great strength training tips for fitness, running, and triathlon. Speaking of triathlon, if you are looking for great race ideas, whether your training is in full swing or you're setting goals for next year, download and listen to last week's episode of Marnie on the Move with Long Island Triathlon Race Director, Vicky Ventura, and dial in to some of the most beautiful courses on Long Island in Montauk, Sag Harbor, and the North Fork. I hope you enjoy. Leave us a five-star review on Apple and send over a direct message on Instagram or Facebook if you have questions, guest ideas, or simply want to share what you love. Now, on to the show. We are here today with my favorite personal trainer and fitness entrepreneur in New York City, He has more certifications than I am going to name right now, but trust me when I tell you that he is one of the best personal trainers I have ever worked with. Noam Tamir of TS Fitness.
0: Thank you, Marnie. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, having some great conversations today.
1: Tell me a little bit about TS Fitness and how you started and where we are in this amazing studio.
0: So TS Fitness stands for Together Stronger. We're very community-based. To take it back from the beginning, I was, you know, always an athletic kid. I was scrawny. So for confidence reasons, I ended up picking up uh, lifting weights with a buddy of mine. And it really not only helped me athletically, but it definitely helped me build my confidence, helped me grow In college, I worked at a gym at the front desk and really enjoyed the whole environment of it. You know, people were upbeat, people were happy, people wanted to be there, people were challenging themselves, and so when I graduated uh, undergrad, um, I actually got a hotel job, so I did hospitality for about a year and a half and decided that I wanted to get my master's in hotel management, and then during that time, I joined a gym, a big box gym, Crunch. Really loved the environment, became friends with the trainers, end up working there as a part-time trainer while I was getting my masters, and just fell in love with fitness. You know, Worked my way up the chain, did the assistant manager, the personal training manager, and then decided to go off on my own as an independent trainer, and decided that instead of running all over Manhattan, that I should put all my effort into one space. Had no idea what I was doing, this was 2011, so it was really kind of before the boom of boutique fitness, and I really put all my eggs in one basket and opened up TS, and our main revenue driver was one-on-one personal training, and we did started doing group fitness.
1: And was it just you in the beginning? Were you the only trainer?
0: So I had been working out of an independent space, so right. I did have two coaches kind of working for me with my clients. And I had developed teams at Crunch, so I knew how to onboard, how to hire, all that type of stuff, how to build a team, how to maintain a team, and selling too. Selling is a huge thing. You know, people don't understand when you're a coach or you're a trainer how much selling you need to do uh, in order to have a successful, you know, fitness studio.
1: Is it like a typical marketing, the marketing funnel where, you know, you have to, Connect with like 500 people to get one to get 100 people to get five people.
0: It's definitely a lot of networking. It's being social. It's putting yourself out there. It's mentioning to people. It's offering, you know, free sessions. Come try me out. Come work with me. You know, it's. I had a conversation with somebody about how fitness is so relatable. You know, it, it gets into every conversation. Sometimes you try to avoid it, right? Because it's you know it just gets. Not redundant, but you know, you want to have other dimensions to yourself, but mm-hmm. it's something that everybody wants to talk about. You Especially
1: know? when they find out that you're a trainer.
0: Exactly. They're always yeah. asking for tips and things like that. So I think that it's something everybody wants. Uh, a lot of times it's what people need as well. So. so
1: when did you start to, so you were in 2011, you go off on your own, you open TS and you're training one-on-one personal training clients. What was your, when was your first hire?
0: Uh, My first hire was probably maybe, well, 2011 is when I opened up my physical space. So probably about a year before that. So I'd hired people as independent contractors and they would work with my clients in a space that I would pay rent per session at. So probably around 2010 was my first hire.
1: What was the majority of clientele that you were working with?
0: I would say it was actually a mix between male and female. Uh, we're talking about forties, high income levels, you know, because uh, you know they were training maybe two or three times a week, paying around a hundred dollars plus a session. Um, so you know, definitely a lot of upper class people in Manhattan.
1: So I know that you made a conscious decision to open up a studio but you were a trainer at the time when did it suddenly dawn on you that you were also an entrepreneur running a business
0: so i felt like an entrepreneur even before i opened my space okay. just running around and training people and you know managing that i had also started a little bit of a massage business as well hiring okay. massage therapists having massage therapists go to people's homes so i already felt uh, like so you've an entrepreneur. always been an entrepreneur not always but okay. you know even well even when you're at a big box gym, you kind of running your own business, right? You're going on the floor, you're recruiting new clients and things like that. You're just giving a large cut to these gyms, which again, as an owner, now I see why they take that big cut, but we can go into that a little bit later. But yeah, I always felt like that. But once I got a physical space, it really did legitimize like me being, uh, you know, brick and mortar business Uh, and actually having people work for you and having to report, do your method, everything like that wear uniforms, print uniforms, set up a website with people's bios, things like that. Uh, You know, taking a backseat and spending more time in the office than out on the floor, which didn't happen, you know, for the first three or four years. I was out on the floor. I was training a lot and working a lot. I mean, we're talking like 16-hour days, you know, six days a week, sometimes seven, really being in the trenches.
1: And when you started, what was your sort of training philosophy? And is it still the same one that you have today?
0: My training philosophy has always been about the quality of movement and making sure that people are communicated in a proper way. Everybody learns differently. So, my goal, because of my hospitality background, is to provide the best product with the best service. So, again, my philosophy is a very thorough warm up, being smart about training. You know, we always say at TS, it's like train smart, train strong. And train simple, keep it simple as well. You know, a lot of people like to complicate exercise, but we're all humans. We work, we move in the same ways. We have similar goals to get stronger, get leaner, lessening the chance for injury as well. Again, my philosophy has been, you know, do no harm, quality of movement, and really making the person be the strongest version of themselves and really... for the the most part, enjoy exercise and enjoy training and know the benefits and educate them.
1: And has that been from day one, sort of your philosophy as a trainer?
0: So it was interesting because my philosophy as a trainer in the beginning, we were taught to really beat people up, you know, and make them, show them how out of shape they are, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot in the industry, even the approach of, you know, a lot of the, big box gyms here. I also used to be under the philosophy of a lot of stretching in the beginning of sessions, which we know now leads to the chances for more injury because everything becomes really lax and you're not keeping that, you know, that tension in the muscle. So, but that's what like for the first 15, 20 minutes, I was taught by like my mentor at the time to stretch because flexibility, a lot of times is people's weaknesses, you know? Right. So why are you going to spend time doing all the other stuff that is their strength, but work on their weaknesses first and then and then move forward with that? So that has changed a lot. You know, that's gone into more dynamic type of movements, you know, foam rolling, doing, right. you know, the foam rolling. Uh, to and now
1: are you foam rolling before a strength session or yeah, before a workout? You definitely. You do, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, we foam roll first. We've actually included that now in... All of our you know group personal training sessions which is basically like a semi-private session Uh, so everybody foam rolls for about three minutes you know warms up tissue tissue temperature increases mobility innervate you know muscles lets the person actually mentally calm down from whatever they've been doing before and start to get kind of comfortable with exercise because if you throw somebody right into exercise when they're off the street you're really gonna put a, a shock on their nervous system so it kind of eases their nervous system in. Then we go through a whole mobility. We address joint by joint the body. And then we'll go into some, you know, dynamic stuff. Some, and then we go into like our power and skills section.
1: Since we're talking a little bit about your classes, you have a few different classes that you offer here at TS. Tell me a little bit about those classes. Maybe walk me through each one.
0: So I love that you mentioned it as classes. So we've recently really been focusing a lot on emphasizing that our group personal training is a session. Uh, with our group personal training, we it's really more of a personal training session than a class. So we have, it would be a person and four other people maximum, and we take everybody through a one-on-one assessment prior. So we know what they're capable of. We know. What the weights are, we know if we need to regress or progress certain exercises. But we basically have designed a method that works the full body each workout. They're on a two-day program, addresses strength. It's metabolic resistance training, so they're not really getting much rest. One of the things that I've seen so much in personal training, and you know I don't have anything against it, but. Personal trainers become very buddy buddy with their clients, and then they're doing a they're doing a set, and then oh, let me tell you about this that happened this weekend, or let me tell you about my relationship. And you know what? I think a lot of it is building that relationship, but at the same time, you're there to work out. You're there for. A You've got to keep them moving. So yeah, so we actually do a, a unique thing where we time our rests. So the second people are done with their their rep range or whatever it is. We put the clock on. They have a certain amount of rest, and they're going right next into their next exercise. So there's there's a little bit of small talk. There's a little, there's definitely camaraderie, mm-hmm. but what we're here to work is a very efficient system. So
1: yeah, I've been privy and lucky to have experienced some of your group training sessions. Yeah. Years ago, it was a game changer because honestly, that. like, I don't really, yeah, I don't really enjoy lifting or strength training or doing any of those exercises by myself. I can go for a run. I can get in the pool, pulls pool's hard, or go for a bike, but weight, strength, all the kind of movement work, the core work, it's just, it's so much better when you're in a group and when you're in a class.
0: Or even just with one other person. Yeah. You know, just, I find myself not wanting to, you know, definitely pushing myself harder. around other people enjoying it more you know there's a Harvard study that uh, you know they tested on rowers and when they rode side by side with somebody else they pushed harder they performed better and they could see that the endorphins and everything that they were producing more uh, so they were enjoying the process of the workout more Um, and we that's definitely evident in our group personal training sessions you know they're getting that focused one-on-one feel within a group which uh, motivates you more? Plus, the, you know, obviously the price is less. You know, you can, you can spend. Like I mentioned before, you know, we had, um, you know, people who are really upper class, and now we're getting. A lot, we can service a lot more people than we could have with one-on-one. You know? Right. So, I think. But it still
1: feels very one-on-one, yeah. even if you're five people in the
0: room. Very. Um, you know, when I. When we have people that are going through our process, one of the biggest parts is reassessing. So right. every about eight to 10 weeks, we'll schedule a reassessment with them. They'll come in, we get their feedback. And I ask them, we dive in deep and I ask them a lot of you know, questions about, do you feel that you are learning? Do you feel like you are actually grasping the exercises? And do you feel like you're getting that one-on-one attention? And I'd say like 99 times out of 100, people are like, they're even surprised at home, how much attention they get. Um, so, uh, so that's great for us. And
1: you then you, are you still giving them their workouts in like a digital format as well? Are you logging it and keeping the reps and everything?
0: So I've, I've gone, I've tried to go the digital route in the class. What ends up happening is that it slows things down. Because okay. you know, by the time people type things in, um, yeah, my vision was to get it more uh, technology-based. But just writing things down just seems to connect with people better. You know, we have files that people keep. And it's cool because we can go back and look at where they were. It's a little tougher to do on a digital platform, to go back and see what weights they were doing. And we can make quick notes on certain things if they need to regress, progress, rather than having to, like, find an exercise in our library. But I did start doing, you know, I do. I have some online clients that I train through, you know, an app-based but you
1: were you were thinking you were going to develop your own app at one point, but... Yeah. I did,
0: I did, but the more that I spoke to people who had developed them, because you need to constantly upgrade it, you need to constantly add things, and it's a huge investment, um, and I think I just kind of white-labeled one of the ones that are out there, it looks like my app, right? and I've been using that and creating content, and it's been great.
1: That's a huge entrepreneur moment when you realize, like, something's just not going to work and you have to move on, and... <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, you were happened. trying to
1: do that for a while, but I, mean, I like the idea I and mean, there are formats, but like also maybe it's just not your your, your consumer.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one thing is you, if you get, basically if you put on, and I have purchased one, you know, you get those Surface tablets that yes. actually has a stylus. Yes. And you actually have people write on a PDF and then just save it into their file. Right. So that's also been an idea of mine, but right now things are kind of flowing with, uh, with the pen and paper. So... I'm just we're just keeping it as is. We just Yeah, go, keeping it simple, right? Yeah, we just go through a lot of a lot of ink and you know, unfortunately the paper, which right. we would love to I mean, we recycle. So
1: what other kinds of sessions do you do here at T S?
0: So the group personal training, like I said, is kind of a, a, a method program. So each month builds on the next month. So people are developing skills or developing strength. And then to complement that, we also do um, basically like circuit training classes Mm -hmm. or high intensity interval training classes. Um, so we have two, one is called TS tone, which is going to be a little bit more weight based. However, we don't go over a certain amount of weight, 35 pounds in this session, because again, it's more endurance based. And then we have our TS shred, which is going to be more, a little bit more cardio, less weights. So, um, we have uh, cardio machines such as rowers, Ski ergs, and we uh, we also use versa climbers, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, I think people are starting to get get more and more of. Versa climbers are really great; they're they're like a contralateral kind of movement, which is great for coordination. Plus, there's not a lot of impact on the joints, um, and it's really really hard. And people, it's like a love hate thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, you do
1: a lot of movement in your classes that is not something that somebody like who's just a regular fitness goer would even think to do like some of the exercises but they're so helpful whether it's like hip opening exercises or shoulder rotation movement you know you talk about metabolic training and that's sort of that's your philosophy here that's your approach what are the other sort of training philosophies and approaches that people are doing
0: so you've seen and i've done it before you know you have places like shock therapy that are attaching like electric you know uh Suits onto people to stimulate the muscle contraction, lengthening okay. and shortening. You know they do it for astronauts and things, so I'm sure the the science is there to do it. I don't think that it teaches people the best habits for exercise. Definitely, people are um, are trying to get more results in a shorter period of time, which I I completely understand. We're actually probably going to be adding. Some of our we used to have these turbo classes that are about mm. thirty minutes. Right. So we're probably gonna actually add them back because what we see is around the seven thirty time, at least in our location, it's right. difficult to get people in. Our six thirty, five thirty, six thirty classes are packed. And then and by the way, our T S Red T S tone classes only have eight people max. So it's almost again. Like a little bit of a a very small group and that way again you know i mentioned my philosophy is really focusing on on movement and quality of movement because then again those are the fundamentals you know those are the pillars that you can build off of so If those pillars are not sound, if your squat isn't sound, like how can you build off of that? So that's really important for us to kind of build those people and not break them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really set people up for success in their training well beyond here at the studio.
0: And that's something that we work on constantly with our team members, because there's no uh, force on the body. You have to create the tension. You know, it's one of the only exercises that does that. So... You have to really, really know what you're doing when you deadlift. Um, And then
1: also, you know, using kettlebells. I mean, I have been always my whole life and all of my working out, like never really liked them and really felt like I was, it was the perfect way for me to get injured. And then when I came here and you showed me how to use them, it was great. I mean, they're they're game changers for my training. Yeah,
0: they're definitely, I mean, an incredible tool and we use them a lot. You know, they are very functional, bottom heavy. You can do a lot of dynamic movements with them. You know, again, you need to be taught properly how to do them. Um, Otherwise, they can cause injury. And a lot of people have a lot of fear because of them. Uh, But we just got three of our coaches uh, certified in kettlebells. I think it's a really, really important tool to master and to be able to kind of share with our clients. However, just to let you know, like in our TS, tone TS, shred classes, in our classes, we don't do any dynamic kettlebell movements. The pace is too fast. A lot of times we get, you know, people who are first-timers, so I think it's really important that people get assessed before doing any type of complex movement like that, and that they're given that one-on-one attention, which we can't guarantee, like, really one-on-one attention when we're in such a high, fast-paced type of class with, you know, eight people in it, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, I don't want to Nothing wrong with it, but you know, there's a lot of studios that'll have 20, 25 people, and they're doing these kettlebell swings. And I've been in the classes, and I look at the form, and you know, listen, maybe those people will never get injured, but maybe they will, you know. Right, but it's at their own
1: risk. Like they opt in for that. So
0: yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, unfortunately, here in Manhattan, you know, because of. And I'll go a little bit into the finances because I'm a business owner as well. You really need to have that high volume in order to pay your rent, in right. order to pay your coaches and, uh, and, you know, in order to survive. And I think, you know, again, I think that mostly what's happening is great for people mm-hmm. because you're, you're offering fitness to people that would never do it. You know, again, those classes, you know, just like CrossFit. You know, you see so many injuries happening from CrossFit. Yes. But at the same time, how many stories have you not heard about of people overcoming, you know, diabetes, depression, drug use, and things like that, and finding CrossFit or finding a fitness right. method that works for them? It basically saves their life.
1: Yeah, right? I've, so. there's lots of stories like that about CrossFit. So, yeah. you know, yeah, there's the pros and the cons, right? I mean, definitely. I definitely am on with you on the philosophy of really paying attention to technique and form and doing things slowly to learn. And then once you master that, then you can integrate it into a speedier type exercise movement or workout. But yeah, and speaking of, you know, speedier exercise movements and training and form and technique, I wanted to know how many different certifications do you have at this point in your career?
0: Probably about like 12 certifications. 12 certifications. What would you
1: remember what your first one was?
0: One of my first ones, other than my personal training certification, uh, was the TRX certification. was TRX. Yeah.
1: So is that, do you still use TRX? Oh yeah,
0: all the time. I just use it in the park with a client. And basically it really changed the game when it came to training because now coaches have a full gym in their bag. Right. So they can coach anyone, anywhere, you know, their whole thing is, you know, turn your body into a machine. Right. Um, So that really, I think, changed the game. And it's such a simple, basic thing. And I actually had the opportunity to meet Randy. um, And it's a great story. And he continues to push education, continues to develop uh, different types of, you know, products as well. You know, that's one thing is, you know, when people get on top, it's even harder to stay on top. Right. People think, oh, once I'm on top, I'm there. You've made it. You know someone wants to knock you off, so I really admire people that get on top and just continue to push it. So
1: and so, speaking of like being an entrepreneur and getting on top and pushing it and taking things to the next level, you have been now. You've had your business since 2011, and you're now starting to really sort of shift gears in your role and your career. You had mentioned earlier, you know, you spent this part of your career on education and learning and really mastering the craft to the level that you're at. And now you're sort of looking to master a different craft. So where do you see yourself? Like, what are you doing to do to kind of master the craft of entrepreneurship and being a business owner?
0: You know, I'm part of a mastermind group. And I kind of had mentioned to you earlier why I think that's so important. Because in the fitness industry, there's uh, so many different avenues you can take. And You know, there's a lot of different mistakes you can make, so it's always good to kind of bounce ideas off of other business owners. You know, different things will work in different states and different uh, uh, demographics with different types of fitness systems, but it's good to hear, and you kind of take all that information and you kind of decide which things you're going to try, and listen, you know, education is all about failure, so, you know, you learn so much from failing, you know, you don't learn as much from succeeding constantly, so... If you fail, that's okay. You tweak it and you fix it, and you keep on going. Um, so it's really good to have those people uh, to bounce ideas off of. And the head guy, his name is Vince Gabriel. You know, sat me down and he was like, "What is the one thing you really need to focus on to help grow your business?" And you know, there's a couple of different things, obviously within the industry. You know, it's like operations, it's sales and marketing, it's you know your personal training, uh, it's your finances. And we decided that sales and marketing is really where I need to be in order to grow this business. Um, So, you know, it's been a while now since I'm only really teaching two, uh, one group personal training session a week and one of my group fitness sessions a week. I also have some private clients that I'll sprinkle in here and there. But mainly my job now is really to create relationships with local businesses internal referral programs, you know, market, um, you know, really get the TS fitness name out there. We're doing online marketing. Uh, I had the ability to actually be a speaker at the boutique fitness summit and talk about Facebook marketing, which a lot of people think is a waste of money, but, uh, we've seen uh, three times a return really? on what I've invested. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's incredible.
0: And then, you know, even things like class pass, you know, it was interesting. I, People also hate on ClassPass, you know, because it really, you know, it just, it makes it cheaper, obviously. Studios are not making as much. Um, the good thing about ClassPass for us is that, you know, we only allow people to come in for our our group fitness classes, not our group personal training. So, you know, people will start wondering, what's that, what's that, what's that? And... Uh, and what we'll do is we will, you know, we'll, we'll tell them a little bit about it. We'll show them some of our testimonials, our before and afters and things like that, and the real changes that happen from actually lifting weights uh, versus just doing, you know, the thing is, and you asked me a little bit earlier about, like, what what are the trends that are going on now? Yeah, what are some of the trends? And, you know, you see fitness becoming really more, um, like, a fun thing, you right. know? You're seeing, like, people, like, you know, club music, you're seeing, like, uh, the instructors on a podium and things like that dark lights and you know all that type of stuff and listen I'm all for that it's important to make something fun a lot of people probably wouldn't even exercise if it wasn't fun but after a while people will will realize that you know what are their goals what are you trying to accomplish you know right. I'd say about 70 percent 80 percent of the people that come in here they want to lose weight and they want to build muscle tone okay and um And building muscle tone takes strength training. And recently what we've done, so yeah, back to the fun. So again, I think that's great. I think it's fun. It gets people moving and things like that. So that's a big trend. You're seeing a lot more technology. You're seeing a lot of like streaming apps and things like that. So people can work out at home, the mirror. uh, So you're seeing a lot of that. Obviously spinning has become huge over the last like 10 years. And anybody can jump on a bike. So again, the barrier to entry is low on your skill level. Again, that's a, you know, fun, they're pumping up the music, things like that, they're having you lift these weights off to the sides in unison and everything. And again, I'm all for that, I don't hate, um, but I think that that type of stuff, along with strength training, will really create the results that people want and the addition of nutrition coaching. So, you know, we've seen, we started a nutrition program in our fitness studio. And we do challenges and we also do like, you know, one-on-one monthly things. And our challenges, I mean, it's incredible what people, what the transformations that we see in 30 days are the same ones that we'll see in 90 days when someone's on a nutrition program. So, you know, most people just don't know what they should be, not just what they, a lot of people know what they should eat, but they don't know how much and they don't know when. And a lot of them don't even know how much, uh, what to eat. You know, combining foods, making sure you have protein, carbon, fat in every meal, and why that's important for you. So you're definitely seeing a growth in in, in nutrition coaching and and uh, and food services as well, which I think goes hand in hand with the fitness industry.
1: I want to talk about strength training, and then I want to talk about nutrition. But I do I want to talk about strength training, and I do think it's a wonderful and amazing thing that there the whole world of boutique fitness exists because It has opened the eyes of people that would never, ever work out because heading to the gym and going onto the strength floor can be super intimidating, even for me as a triathlete who, you know, I have no problem, you know, doing all of my training, but when it comes to strength training, I'm overwhelmed. It's not even, it's not intimidating. It's overwhelming. Like I walk onto the floor of my gym and then I'm like, oh, I think I'm just going to leave. Like I just... You know, and even having, you know, all the trainers I've had and all the clients I've had, I still just don't have it in me because it's not like programmed. And so That's exactly I re- what I was thinking.
0: So yeah, if you had a program though, yes. you had a sheet or you had something on your phone, how would you feel?
1: Yeah, then I would just... Because it would just be in my brain and it would just happen. I wouldn't have to look at like 150 machines and think, oh my God, like... The first 15 minutes of the only hour I have all day to work out is being overwhelmed by what am I going to do? And, you know, I also, I love your philosophy and approach to movement and training where you're like dynamic movement training, like moving from machine, is it metabolic, it's called metabolic training when well, you're like metabolic resistance, metabolic yes. resistance.
0: Yeah, so, you know, you're, you're, again, there's minimal rest between yeah. two strength exercises. Yeah. And a lot of times we're, most of the time we're doing it upper body and lower body. So you're not really fatiguing muscles back to back.
1: Right. So I love, so I love metabolic training because I think that it's, cause I don't want to stop. Like I want to just keep moving. I want to keep my heart rate up, but I also, and I also want to get it done. Right. So, you know, I don't want to sit in between sets and like check my messages or I don't know. So I, I feel like strength training is so, so important, especially at every age, but especially as you get older and, and, you know, not just yoga or taking a bar class, but like lifting weights. It's I know it's really hard on an audio interview to talk about like what kind of exercises you should be doing, but, and obviously it's a very broad question, but like, what do you think, like what would you say for someone like me who is very overwhelmed when I walk into the gym? Like what are some of the core things that I should be doing? Just even if I wasn't a triathlete, like what are some core exercises or machines that I should be using?
0: So it kind of goes back to the the train simple. So you're really trying to work in planes of movement. So hinging, you know, things like deadlifts, squatting, like a vertical pull. So you're doing any type of lat pull down or a chin up or a pull up, a vertical press, some overhead pressing, and then horizontal push and pull. So you're doing like a chest press or a row. So I think putting those exercises into kind of a very basic program is something that's going to help you with strength also just doing them repeatedly you know doing four sets of each is really important because you want that volume that's what's going to stimulate that muscle growth and you know when you stimulate muscle growth you're going to get stronger you know so that's that's basically what I would probably say to somebody who's kind of like where should I go with this you know alternating like the lower and upper body you know upper body and lower body Every, yeah, every two set. days or... No, no, no. I would put your upper body and lower body together, do full body strength training sessions. Because realistically, how many times are you going to get in? Two to three times a week of strength training? Right.
1: And that's just for anyone. That's sort of like a basic entry level, like go to the gym, do this kind of workout.
0: I would say, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a basic program. Um, you know, when you're going into more of like, uh, like really, you know, physique training and things like that, you're going to be doing more split training. You're going to be hitting muscles, you know, specific muscles twice a week, your volume is going to be crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of reps and sets that you do. Uh, but again, that's like more like super, super a- 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 aesthetic training. Right. You know?
1: So like for a triathlete like me, what kind of strength training should I be doing? And how do I sort of phase it and build it into my program?
0: So obviously, you know, as you get closer to your your performance or your, your, your event, you probably want to lessen the amount of strength training you're doing and focus more on like the endurance and skill stuff that you're doing when you're kind of furthest out. That's, I think when, depending on what your, your training age is really depends. But I think, um, you know, for example, depending on what event, if it's a swim, bike or run, you're weakest at, Mm -hmm. for example, if it's like your swim, you're weakest at, then I think you're going to be focusing a lot on those lats, you know, those shoulders. You're going to be focusing more on the hips and quads and things like that. Then let's say like a bike or a run are going to be focusing a lot more on those glutes. You'll be focusing a lot on that core, um, you know, things like that. So hamstrings when you bike, stuff like that, the posterior muscles of the body. Right. Um, So again, it depends on where you're at. In your, you're training, in your in training, in the periodization,
1: and your training program.
0: Exactly, and again, where you're starting, so that really depends. But yeah, I would definitely start with with those big kind of like strength movements, and then find out how your body kind of responds to those things. Are, are your times getting better? Are you feeling more fatigued? So that's kind of you know that would be my philosophy, and kind of making it a little bit more custom. And then obviously after your race, if you're doing another one, you'll have kind of a baseline. You'll know what your body responds to best.
1: Right. Yeah, I would have to start that. And what are your thoughts on like heavy lifting?
0: I mean, I think as far as as long as you have good technique, you know, and you're giving yourself enough recovery time, I think it's great.
1: So if I want to do a half Ironman, a 70.3 distance race, like, you know, six months from now, by adding strength training to my running, biking and swimming, I can improve my speed in the end.
0: A hundred percent, hundred percent. I definitely think so. Yeah. And
1: so you start out doing more in the beginning and as you get more sports specific and closer to the race, like when you're doing the speed work, you sort of pull back on the strength.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about how much stress you're putting on the body when you start to do a lot more, your volume is going to increase. Right. So something's got to decrease, you know? Right. So, you know, just like you're probably, your volume is going to be a little lighter when you start training for that Half Ironman, right. so then your strength training, you know, can can be a little bit more dominant in the program, you know. Again, making sure that you're doing the adequate recovery. Is yes, super recovery is super important. Uh, super important, and uh, and you know, hi- hydration, nutrition, everything like that has such a big impact on your on your strength training. So, and obviously, your diet will sh- probably should change as you become more endurance based from being more strength based.
1: Right? How so?
0: I mean, you definitely want to really, really load up on your protein, things like that, when you're starting, you know, trying to build muscle. Obviously, okay. there's a limit on how much you want to be putting in your body with protein um, right. because you can only digest and break down and stuff like that a certain amount. And then, you know, as you're getting more into your endurance phase, I mean, you're probably going to be, you're going to need to replenish with all the carbohydrates and everything. So, right. and electrolytes and, and such. And obviously your hydration is really going to need a boost towards the end as well.
1: Hydration, like the volume of water you're drinking, or oh, also sure. including yeah. hydration, like salt tablets and Both. all those yeah. things. Yep. Do you do that Plus when you're training, when you're lifting weights?
0: Um, I do. I'll take, so I'll do some pre-workout stuff uh, with beta alanine and uh, caffeine and other types of like aminos. And then I'll actually do a, a BCA as well. Okay. Depending on my cycle, if I'm trying to bulk a little bit or get stronger, I will take creatine. You know, here and there, it's really the only thing that I think is proven, uh, like a legal supplement that will actually work and get you stronger. And then also like just, you know, things like magnesium, other vitamins and things like that that help you with recovery, I think are super important.
1: I feel like this always comes up for me is how I'm going to get strength training into Everything else that I do, and I know it's so important, and especially as I get older, you know, for bone density and just, like, overall health and being able to get into a cab or, yeah, for a function, for general day-to-day function. Those, all those things are easy enough, doing, doing push-ups or sit-ups or, you know, squats or deadlifts because I know it. But, I mean, people, and obviously everybody listening to this knows you can go online and, like, look up the exercise and see it. But if you're in New York City, you can also come to TS Fitness and also consult with Noam. But then what about, is it, is it the same thing for a marathon? Like, what if I were to, you know, what if I wanted to do the marathon? Like, what kind of strength training would I need to do? I'm at ground zero for strength training.
0: I definitely think that starting slow in the beginning is important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because the more trained you are, the harder it is to take it up another notch, and if you're detrained uh, or you're not used to weight training, you'll get stronger faster. You know, you'll get that neural response faster. So, you know, again, seeing where you're starting from. You know, if you're starting from from you know the like bottom level, I would do just basic, keep it. You know, the volume a bit higher than you would with a more trained person. Yeah. So you're going to be doing like ten to twelve reps instead of somebody who might be. You know a little bit more well-trained you're going to be doing like six to eight really develop their strength okay you know i think uh you know developing glute strength is huge for running mm-hmm. um, and glute and core strength and obviously mobility ankle mobility stuff like that are important it's going to help you with your stride it's going to help you with your performance because if you think about it the less effort that you have to put in each stride you're, you're not fatiguing yourself as much. So your endurance is going to increase. So right. I think that's really important. And obviously the stronger you are, the less chance there is for any type of knee injuries and things like that. Because, you know, obviously the, the muscles around the knee are, are more structurally sound.
1: And you've done a marathon before. I have not. I've done, you a, haven't. I've done a couple of halves. You've done a couple of halves. Yeah. So, and so how do you get ramp up for training for those races?
0: so obviously my my strength training definitely took a little bit more of a backseat for the halves focused a lot more on on my endurance we you know obviously like ramped up the running had a you know running schedule and then in between obviously not closer to my saturdays where i would do my bigger run my strength training would be in the beginning of the week and i would definitely take it lighter on my legs i lost a significant amount of weight which is why i don't do them anymore yeah, yeah it looks
1: like you've been doing some like serious bodybuilding. Well, well I,
0: I had my physique uh, competition, which was uh, last August and, and that was a great experience.
1: It, is that the first time
0: you did it? My first time? Probably my last. Yeah, the, the last like six weeks, it's really, really unhealthy what you're doing to your body because you're really really you're cutting your, your, you're cutting your calories, you're dehydrating your body for a lot of people really to get that ripped look. And then even like the day of, you're like eating like a lot of sugar to kind of get your body to kind of pop and your vascularity and things like that. So I don't think it's, it's, that, it's that healthy. Plus it's, it's really um, a lot on your um, emotional state. So uh, definitely taught me a lot about nutrition and how effective nutrition can be. And it made me more relatable to my clients because my clients are like, look at you, you know, you probably, you know, you don't have to do any type of nutrition. You can do whatever you want. So I tell them a story. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what I did last year. And it was super, super challenging, super hard for me. What did you have to do? Well, in order to bulk up, I had to eat a lot more than I really wanted to. You know, just imagine having to, like, force feed yourself, you know, to put in those extra calories when you really don't want to eat. Um, you know, people are like, Oh, that never happens to me. You know, I never (laughs) feel full and stuff like that. And I'm like, you should try it. Just eat, 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 eat. And then by the end, you just like, Oh, your food just does not look appetizing, obviously at all to you. And then all of a sudden taking that and cutting it in half and being basically starving. You know? What
1: know. Made you do it. Like what was the like what was this like what was the moment for you that you were like I think I'm going to sign up for a physique competition?
0: So, I'm very like goal-oriented type of person. Okay. So, I looked at it as a as a challenge, you know. So, and it, it definitely kept me motivated. I mean, I leading up to those before those like, you know, last 6 weeks, it's actually great. You know, I was doing two a days. I was doing cardio in the morning, I was strength training in the afternoon. So, I was feeling great. I was definitely functioning at a great level. The one thing that really is important, though, too, is because you're training so much, your body definitely gets tight. So I did definitely lost mobility, which um, which then I had to work on a lot, you know, after, post. Yeah. But, you know, we're goal-oriented people, um, a lot of us. So when you have something to reach to, it really makes you push past, and it makes you commit to, to that process, and uh, it makes the exercise more, I guess has a purpose. Yeah, I was going to say, it,
1: I feel like that about racing and training. It's like if I don't have something on, the, on deck, I probably would just, I just, I call it, I say I mail it in when I, and I haven't been, I mean, I just, I don't know what I'm, what I'm training for next. So I'm in that space where I think a lot of listeners probably sometimes feel like that, where they don't have like a workout goal and then you're just not working out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was kind of just featured in an article on Insider and it was about like, um, you know, body shaming. And they were body shaming Jason uh, Momoa, the uh, the guy who is uh, Aquaman, and you know he was also in Game of Thrones, and he was pretty jacked and pretty cut up, and uh, most recently they saw him with his daughter and his wife, and he was wearing like a sheer shirt, and he's like, you know, he wasn't as cut, and he, you know, and people were like, you know, saying he had a dad bod, and saying like, how could he let himself go like that, and everything like that, and you know the guy's been. I don't know for how many years, having to stay in incredible shape. Right. And, you know, unless you're The Rock, it's tough to maintain that year long. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work, not just on the body, but it's on your mind emotionally. I'm sure if he tightened up his nutrition in, in, in four weeks, he would be back to where he was or very close to it. So, you know, I think that, again... You know, that physique thing definitely, you know, being in that tip-top shape has definitely a a lot of mental effects and mental stress on on the person. So, and same thing with, you know, doing these races and performing and triathlons and marathons and everything like that. People just sometimes they need a break, Yeah. you know, and sometimes they have like a rebound effect where, you know, they just won't want to do anything. That's, that's part of, uh, part of fitness when you're, when you're getting fit for an event.
1: And so what's the next event for you? Like, what are you, do you have something on deck?
0: I don't know anything right now. I don't have anything on top of my head, you know, potentially do the marathon next year. One of the coaches. 2020 here, uh, or 2019, yeah. like in two months. No, from no, now. no, no, Three no. 20, 2020. So yeah, I think it's something that if I'm going to do, I got to do in the next couple of years. I mean, the people are 50 and they run the marathon, but I think if I really want to do, like, you know, strive for a, a good for, time, for a good time, I yeah. think I got to do it in the next couple of years, and especially since. It's interesting, my studio is located right when you come off the bridge. Oh. And that's like one of the most, like, it's like when you're coming back to Manhattan for the last time, you know, yeah. before. So, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of energy, a lot of crowds. So, it's, Do you
1: uh, have a marathon party here watching people out the window? Oh, or
0: We've had, like, when we've had clients yeah. doing the marathon, we've definitely had, like, you know, a crew of us out there.
1: I know you have a lot of first-time fitness and also just people that are interested in day-to-day training. But do you have a lot of athletes that we train do. here?
0: We have a lot of people who have a high training age. So they've mm-hmm. been training for years. And they just want some guidance on how to do things a little bit better. We have probably about four or five clients that are running the marathon this year. And usually we have like a couple of them. We have a couple of them that do triathlons. We have some ex-collegiate athlete like athletes mainly, again, we really work with like the general population. I really love working with people who are very new to fitness because they want to learn. They're excited to learn. They don't come in having been taught something else or, you know, being stuck on a certain style of doing things. You can really right. kind of, I don't want to say mold them, but you can really educate them on, you know, our philosophy. And, you know, I've been in the business for a while and I feel I'm confident in our philosophy. And obviously if someone shows me a way that Makes sense to me is better. I'll switch. You know, I'm I'm not like stuck. I'm, you know, a lot of people are stuck. No, this is the way I'm doing it. Even if right. they're wrong, or it's not optimal. So I'm I'm you know the one thing is that you know I'm constantly learning. Just like I'm learning to be a bit better business owner, I'm always learning to be a better coach too. And uh,
1: do you think there's something very similar between the two?
0: Growth. You know, we have our core values. You know, they're growth and education. They are consistency and perseverance, and they are community and teamwork. I believe that all those are evident in being just a person, a human being, you know, Um, and there are things that we really, really push forward, you know, in our staff and in our, you know, clients, members, and just all around. That's one of the things people come in here and they say to us, which I'm really proud about, is they feel the positive energy. They feel the vibe and they say to me, like, this place just makes me want to be here. And I love this place, and it's great. Usually, you know, you know, we are on the East Side, you know, so it's really a neighborhood gym. But you know, we are near some big corporations. People come from all the way from Brooklyn for like an hour to come see us. People have stopped, and they're just like the commute's too long. And then they'll message me and be like, "It's just not the same. Can I come? You know, just like, can I do my? Can I come back? We love hearing that. That's great. So, yeah. And everybody's always like, "Oh, can you open a place on the West yeah. Side, the East Side, all that type of stuff." Right now, I'm really focusing on just really optimizing this place. I know right. how much work it takes just to run one place. My goal is obviously to have this place running and me be able to, yeah, start looking at new projects to work on where I can grow TS uh, in different ways. If I'm going to open up another studio, I'm going to open up five because it's going right. to be the same amount of stress. I, I don't want to get split between two places. You know, I want to look for somebody who's going to help you know, be my COO. So I don't know if I'm ready to take that step yet.
1: So what steps are you taking right now? I mean, I know you're in a growth phase.
0: So we definitely have the ability to have two of our group personal training sessions running at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that gives us the ability to basically double our volume. Um, We need to be careful with that to make sure that people still know that it's a session and not like you know a group fitness class where there's like 10 people so we we want to make sure that we roll that out properly and carefully like i said there's some ideas to do 30-minute sessions 30-minute classes here that are pretty high intent high intensity for those people that you know again time is scarce for a lot of people yes so those are really the two things that i'm focusing on on right now we've done a lot of changes to our programming to make it better and, and we're also, you know, the online programming, slowly but surely is growing, but really creating maybe a templated program for that where we can hit more people. And also the nutrition program. That's another thing that we're really, really focusing on growing.
1: How are you growing the nutrition program? That's really interesting.
0: So really reaching out more to, like doing a lot more marketing for our challenges. Uh-huh. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we actually have like a one-on-one monthly program So offering that up to clients. So I think that that's a huge market there for us to kind of get into because not a lot of boutique fitness studios also offer a nutrition program. You know, they usually will maybe get like a nutritionist that is either uh, contracted or part of the staff, but we actually believe in having like a, a systemized. And I actually use a third party for this program that I really like, but it systematizes the nutrition. And really helps guide them through and just teaches them. It's all habit-based. Precision Nutrition is pretty big with that. They have their own like online programming now too.
1: Is that who you use? Or? No, oh.
0: I'm using a company called Balanced Habits. They're really okay. they're big on the West Coast. They're not really big on the East Coast, which I like because, you know, it's unique. Yeah, I have a certain territory that I can kind of control. So oh, if, awesome. if anybody else wants to come in, they have to be like basically.
1: Can um, people do it online too or they have to come here to do it?
0: We've done some remote people, but mm-hmm. it does require weekly weigh-ins, okay. and that's a little, you know, you need that certain type of person okay. to do it, some, someone who's really regimented. Uh, but the coaching one-on-one can be done. Uh, we've had a couple people from Miami, a couple people from California do it, do uh-huh. the one-on-one, and it's actually been great. I mean, one of the women lost something like 25 pounds in three months. Wow. So...
1: Is it like, what is it? Is it different for everyone or the, what they're eating or the diet or the program?
0: So it's really a recipe based program, Okay, but it also gives you the ability to piece together really quick uh, meals. So if you don't cook, you know, you're grabbing certain things. It's more based on what they call units and units equivocate to macros, macros equivocate to calories, but people don't want to hear that. They just want to be told, what do I need to do?
1: Right. Well, it's sort of like my situation with strength training. Yeah. Just tell me what to do. Yeah,
0: exactly. And slowly along the way, they'll learn. Yes. You know, but right away, people really just want to be kind of guided Mm -hmm. in a certain way and told what to do and see the results quickly. And when you see those results quickly, that makes you want to do more.
1: That's very cool. I definitely want to check it out. I can can I learn more about it on your website? Yeah. Okay. We so tsfitness.com
0: tsfitnessnyc.com tsfitnessnyc.com. And then in our programs, it's under there. We have one for our challenge and one for what we call the life program, which is continuing like a one on one.
1: That's great. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's great that you're growing your business and different directions and all of the making it like a one stop, you know, wellness location. What are one of the best lessons that you've learned in your career when it comes to running a business and building a studio?
0: I honestly would say that never get comfortable, never get like, you know, complacent with mm-hmm. a certain system. You know, there's you know, you see how many companies change their brand and change their technique and change their philosophy and things like that. Obviously, you don't want to change constantly because it's going to really mess with, you know, the clients that you've acquired but i think that it's important that you that you make those those changes even though they might be painful and take those risks. so i think that's something that i've learned to never never be comfortable but to always be kind of growing. so that's that's been a huge takeaway for me. and that's kind of come a bit natural to me to take chances and i think it's because of the support that I get from my family, you know, they're they're incredible. I feel like I I can't fail. And if I do, they're there to support me. That's a huge thing for me. You know, I did this, my mom was like, you wanna do what? And I was like, you know, at first she was pretty resistant and now, you know, they're in the whole exercise thing. They've done the nutrition program. They're feeling healthy, they feel good and they believe in it, you know? So I think that, that that's probably the biggest takeaway and that's why I continue to have, you know, I'm a student for life. You know, that's a, that's that's really my philosophy. I'm going to be 60 years old and still learning new things about the fitness industry, about being an owner of a business. I mean, it's when people don't want to learn anymore and uh, don't change that I think, you know, they say, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I really believe in that.
1: That's awesome. But when I was walking in, you had a saying on the sign.
0: Yeah, growth is always happening outside of your comfort zone. And that's, you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So yeah, we have a lot of quotes. I actually have the, the front desk people are coming up with those quotes and people take pictures of it and things like that. So I think it's super motivational. And it actually gave me the idea that I'm going to start on the program sheets having different quotes on our program sheets so that people see them and people are kind of inspired and motivated by them. So Yeah,
1: I mean, I love inspirational quotes. And then what's something really valuable that you learned in your career as a trainer? Not about business, but about training and about people
0: people learn and they're motivated in very different ways. So I think that, you know, if you try to motivate somebody and you're not connecting with them, I think that, you know, you can try other ways and not to give up, you know, Um, you know, have a lot of clients that, you know, come in with a really negative attitude and they won't want to do things. And I think, you know, communicating to them that that's fine and that's okay. And, uh, you know, just getting them to kind of move a little bit and do things. And, and at the end, making sure that they know that they did something and how do they feel compared to when they walked in. You know, you want to make that, that personal training experience or that fitness experience the highlight of their day. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it, most of the time, the hardest part is coming in, you know, and then once you step in that door, you know, you go through the process and then, you know, you just remind them about how they're feeling now. So I think that's really important. Obviously, consistency is key. Um, positive mindset Um, but yeah just making that experience for them you know the highlight of their day
1: well this has been like super awesome thank you my pleasure thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move if you like what you hear leave us a 5 star review in Apple Podcasts follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter Head over to our website, MarniOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarniOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.